The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Christmas is a a great day and a great celebration and most of us will probably give and receive presents over Christmas weekend. Ask any uh, child what Christmas is about and I would guess they will say, or at least will be included in the top three, it's about presents, at least that's one of the things. And apparently if we're representative of the UK as a whole, then we will buy, or probably we have already bought, Uh, between 11 and 20 people presents for Christmas Day. The most common amount you spend on a present for your partner or your spouse is between 100 and 150 pounds. So most of us are now either feeling guilty or or rather smug. (laughs) The age group which has the most spent on them? Teenagers. The majority of people spend a total of between 500 and 750 pounds in total on their Christmas presents, and almost everyone exceeds their spending budget for Christmas. I'm not sure if that's meant to be a comfort or what, but there we are. But Christmas isn't just about presents, is it? And nor is it just about a baby in a pristine stable with fresh straw, a feeding trough that's never seen a cow, and a few remarkably young angels, shepherds, and wise men wearing tea towels thrown in for good measure. Because if that's all that Christmas is about, if, if that's all that happens on the first ever Christmas, then we wouldn't be here now. Christmas wouldn't exist. This building wouldn't exist. And it would never have got off the ground in the first place. And we wouldn't have a day off a week tomorrow and the day after as well. So what was really going on in Bethlehem on that first Christmas day? Well, I want to look at that reading that Stephen just read for us from Colossians chapter 1. It's a little strange for a a carols by candlelight reading, isn't it? Um, uh, But I want to look at four highlights and just simply ask this question. Uh, Who's this in the manger? Who's this in the manger? 
Because the answer to that question tells us why we're still doing Christmas 2017 years, maybe a few more actually, we probably got our calendars wrong, but don't worry about that after it happened in the first instance. Now it's very easy to misunderstand things, isn't it? Christmas is celebrated all over the world, uh, even in Brazil. They have Christmas trees and decorations and so on. And another thing about Brazil, they like to look good. If you go to church in Brazil, uh, it's a bit like going to a party. They really make an effort uh, in their appearance and so on. And there was an English pastor. Uh, he happened to be called Phil, by coincidence. And, uh, and he was coming back from Brazil, and it was early December. He was getting an internal flight down to Rio, and then on from Rio, long haul back to Heathrow. And uh, there was a girl at the check-in desk, and as he came up with his bags, he noticed just above the check-in desk, there was some mistletoe. I thought, this is a little strange. I wonder if they have, uh, have this tradition in Brazil. And uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was hanging there, and, he, and he, he was a bit awkward, really. So uh, uh, he, he said to the, the girl at the check-in desk, he said, to, um, I'd just like you to know I'm a pastor. That's what you're called in Brazil. I'd just like to know that I'm a pastor. Uh, so I don't think this would be awfully appropriate if that's okay. And uh, she smiled sheepishly and said, uh, Phil, which he thought was a little strange that she should address him by his Christian name, Phil, you don't understand. And then he said, well, no, no it's, just, it's just simply that in, in our culture, we don't think this is quite an appropriate thing for a, uh, well, he said, a man of the cloth, but she didn't quite get that. And, uh, and she laughed. She said, no, no, it's not why it's here, Phil. You need to understand, you're going home via Rio, aren't you? And he said, yes, yeah, I'm going down to Rio, and then off to Heathrow. And she said, well, you need to know that Rio is one of two airports in the world which have a reputation. It's Rio and uh, Joburg. And the mistletoe is here that when you put your bags on the conveyor and we weigh them, you can kiss your bags goodbye. <laughs> Well, it's very easy to understand things, even mistletoe. Actually, I found some mistletoe in here this morning. It's just over there, okay? So um, if you'd like to pop over later, not for me, but for... <laughs> dear. <laughs> Time to move on. Anyway, um, when, it, uh, when it comes to Christmas, who is this in the manger? So it's very important we should be clear about it. Four things to say. And the first one is this. Who's this in the manger? The first thing to say, the outline is just on the back of our, of our order of service there. It's someone who is before and beyond. Now, for all human babies, we have a birthday. We all have a birthday, don't we? For me, 13356. That's me. So uh, that's when I began. Or nine months before, uh, depending on your view of human life. But whatever... In March 1955, I didn't exist. And you and I have been born. We started. We began. But not this baby in Bethlehem. He was different. He didn't begin when he was born. Or even nine months before he was born. In fact, he never actually began. He always was and always is. Just in our reading there, it says, He is before all things. This baby is eternity breaking into human existence. Before the universe was created, 
He was there. There was never a time when he was not. In fact, he created time. He's before all things. And he is beyond all things. So look at uh, verse number 19 there. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And uh, he is beyond all things because God has his fullness dwelling in him. Now that is staggering. That God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in a newborn baby. Who is helpless as newborn babies are. And entirely dependent on his mum, Mary. Is God breaking into human existence? Someone said, he who made man was made man. Someone else, Jesus is God spelling himself out in a language that man could understand. Someone else, Jesus became as like us as God can be. And someone else, Jesus Christ is the meeting place of eternity and time, the joining of deity and humanity, the junction of heaven and earth. Now that's all rather mind-blowing, isn't it? That here we have this little baby before and beyond, before all things and beyond all things. And that's what we believe. That's what we believe in the Church of England. That's what we believe here. This is what Christians believe. That this little baby, six, seven pounds, whatever he was, has been born, and yet somehow is miraculously God and man at the same time. God in the flesh, before and beyond. Second thing, before and beyond. Second thing, the creator and the curator. The curator, the creator, and also the one who keeps it all going. In other words, I've called it the curator, like a museum who looks after, who keeps it going, and makes sure it's going to be open in the morning, and so on. And when you look at verse 16 there, for in him all things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That is everything. And staggeringly, for Jesus. So think of the universe, for instance. Just pause and think how big it all is. I looked it up on Google. So 250 billion, give or take 150 billion. So we're not quite sure, uh, but that's the number of stars in our galaxy. And there are 100,000 million galaxies that we can see. That's quite a lot of stars, isn't it? And all created through the one now lying in a manger in Bethlehem. Who, it is said, was the only person in history who was able to choose where to be born. And he chose a stable. And of course, you know, there's one rather personal thing here. If all things, all people, were created through Jesus and for Jesus, that means you were created for Jesus. And so to live your life without him 
to live your life independently seems to me quite a big problem. And the one who made, who created you and me, who keeps us going, the one who is the glue who holds this universe together, is the creator and the curator. It means that every heartbeat, every breath that we take depends on Jesus who once laid in a manger in Bethlehem. Now I think if we believe that, that gives Christmas a rather different feel. Who's this in the manger? A baby boy who is before and beyond the creator and the curator, and then third, the revealer and the reconciler. Just at the beginning of the passage, verse 15, the Son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. In other words, he makes God visible. You've seen Jesus, you've seen God. You'll know what God is like, you know where to look. You look for Jesus. Jesus is God spelling himself out in simple language that we can understand. He must have been an unbelievably attractive guy. I mean, we don't know what he looked like. We have no idea what Jesus looked like. But if you were the pre-existent God who is love, kindness, gentleness, joy, goodness, faithfulness, and so on, And then if you were born a human being and you had those qualities to perfection, you just would be extraordinarily attractive as a person, wouldn't you? And Jesus was. People were attracted to him by the thousand because he reveals the all-loving and wonderful God to us. And he reconciles us to God. You again look down at verse 20. And through him it says, well, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. How? By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus is the reconciler. We live in a world which is alienated. An alienation from each other so often and an alienation from God. I mean, take this as an example. It was just came up to Christmas. Vicar's son decides he wants to write, uh, not to Father Christmas on this occasion, but to Jesus, to ask him for a bike for Christmas. So he goes up to his bedroom, and he starts writing his letter, and he says, um, Dear Jesus, um, I've been very good these last few months. Please may I have a bike for Christmas? I thought, oh, that's not quite true, actually. So he, he, he screwed out the paper, threw it away, and started again. Dear Jesus, I've been very good these last few weeks. Do you think I might have a bike for Christmas? And he thought, well, no, actually. Tried again. Uh, screwed it up. Screwed it again. And then he said, um, he started writing. He said, dear Jesus, I've been very good these last few days. Any chance of a bike for Christmas? I thought, well, no, that's not right either. So in the end, um, he had a big thing, and he went downstairs, and he went, there was a crib scene down on the piano downstairs. So he went downstairs, and he uh, got the figure of Mary, and we went back up to his bedroom, and he started writing, Dear Jesus, if you want to see your mother again, (laughs) please may I have a bike for Christmas. 
Now, we've all got that kind of thing in our hearts, haven't we? It's uncomfortable, but it's just how it is. We're pretty good at alienating ourselves from each other, from God, turning our back and walking off. We've been made for Jesus, but we don't know Jesus. But Jesus came to reconcile us to God, not just by coming, but by dying for us. Talks here about by making peace through his blood shed on the cross in verse 20. And the result when we accept that for ourselves is a peace with God, a reconciliation with God. No guilt, no record of past wrongs, wiped clean. And God says to us, you've bought all your Christmas presents. I just want to tell you I love you. And here's my Christmas present to you. It's called life. It's called eternal life. You want to take it and open it and live it and live with me forever. Turn around. Don't walk away from me. Walk towards me. Well, that is the good news of Christmas. Because a baby in a manger who was before and beyond. Who was creator and curator of the world in which we live. It was the revealer and the reconciler. And then, this last little couplet. This baby in the manger is the beginning and the re-beginning. It says in verse 15, he is the, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus, the uncreated, there at the beginning. And in verse 18, and he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So he was there at the beginning. But his resurrection also reveals the resurrection. He's the firstborn. They're saying we would all be raised from the dead and we would all stand before him on judgment day. Not before a baby in a manger, but as he now is, the risen, ascended and reigning Lord of the universe. And our destiny will depend on how we've responded to him. You were created for Jesus. I was created for Jesus. So how are we going to respond to him this Christmas time? Well, maybe that gives us a slightly different perspective on the stable in Bethlehem. This wasn't just the birth of another little baby boy, was it? If he was ordinary we wouldn't be having Christmas. We'd have never heard of a little baby called Jesus. But Jesus was very special. Who's this in the manger? He is simply the one who was before and beyond the world. He was the one who is the creator and the curator of the world in which we live. He was the one who is the revealer of God and the reconciler to God for all mankind if we'll put our trust in him. And he is the one who is the beginning and the re-beginning of life.
Would you like to think more about that? It is undeniably important. And by both the doors here, we have, uh, uh, well, we've got a number of things, actually. We've got a number of these books. These are free. Um, to, uh, it's called uh, Christmas, The Greatest Gift uh, by uh, uh, Guy's Vicar up in Sheffield, Paul Williams. Do take one of those. If you'd like to read one of the gospel accounts of Jesus' life, then we have uh, uh, these gospels. There's a Luke's gospel and a John's gospel there by the doors as well. Or you might like to take a card uh, which advertises our Alpha course, which starts in January. It's this one here. It says, uh, Explore Life, Faith, Meaning. And uh, if you take that, you can find out more. And uh, if you'd like to uh, 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 register for that, just um, uh, there are boxes by the doors. They say, uh, I can't remember what the boxes say. Anyway, there are boxes with slits in at the top. You can just scribble your uh, email address or something, or, or uh, mobile number or something on the back, and we'll be in touch with you over those. Have a great Christmas. We have an extraordinary baby to celebrate his birth.